Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Problem Solved, the IISE podcast. I'm David Brandt with the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers, and in this episode, we're going to have a lean chat with Isaac Mitchell, a longtime member of IISE and the Society for Health Systems, on the lean coffee and book clubs he's operated for several years. We'll discuss the growing interest in this networking method since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the value of gathering like-minded professionals to share and discover new ideas and solutions. Isaac, thanks for joining us today. I know a good bit about the era of your career spent in healthcare, largely through your volunteerism with the Society for Health Systems, but healthcare isn't exactly where you started. If you would, for our audience, give us some insight on how you arrived at industrial engineering and where you started your career and what ultimately led you to healthcare. Absolutely. Uh, so first off, thanks for having me uh, on the podcast today. Uh, been a longtime member uh, of IISE. It's been my professional home and, re- and really my, my go-to network. So happy to be on the podcast today and looking forward to the discussion. It's interesting how I found industrial engineering. I was uh, you know, a typical teenager and uh, uh, was told to go get a real job when I was in high school. So uh, <laughs> instead, of, uh, instead of uh, you know, my fun job working at camps in the summer, uh, I got my first real job in a textile mill uh, in, in, in a local factory. And it was my junior year, I think. And uh, it was a tough, you know, labor job. I was uh, uh, working in a warehouse. And, and one of my favorite jobs was uh, we made uh, pajama pants. It was a sewing operation. And, uh, you know, the little drawstring on, on the pants, uh, I had the, the, the responsibility to cut those out on a hot knife for, for eight hours a day. So uh, oh, wow. super engaging, super fun, you know. But um, something good came out of this experience. I got to meet the plant manager and a great gentleman. And he would come around and and check on me throughout the day. And uh, started up really my first mentorship uh, unexpectedly. And it happened to be that he was an industrial engineer by training and told me about his life and his career. And I'd never heard about it before. And uh, started my first journey. And I actually decided uh, to go into... uh, engineering school at the University of Tennessee and and eventually chose industrial engineering. And uh, here I am today. But it's funny how you learn about things. And that job that was meant to be more of a life lesson for my parents, you know, get a real job turned out into an entire career in in industrial engineering. So uh, the world works in mysterious ways for sure. Absolutely. uh, Sometimes the parents get it right after all, right? Yeah, they do. They do. (laughs) But I had a great experience at University of Tennessee. Um, and the industrial engineering uh, uh, department. That's where I got introduced to IISE, uh, IIE at the time. Uh, so showing my age just a little bit. Um, and I uh, was involved as a student, uh, student president, and then had just been involved throughout my entire career. Uh, one of my favorite classes in um, school was around lean manufacturing. It was really my first exposure to it. And I know this, we're going to talk about a lot today, but, uh, you know, an outstanding professor and uh Turned out to be a career mentor as well. Still in, in uh, touch with the, with him. Uh, had a great class on lean manufacturing. Really drew to my interest and in, and in kind of my skill set. And uh, first learned about Toyota production system there. And uh, directly after graduating college, uh, I spent three months interviewing with Toyota and uh, got my first professional job as a a production control engineer uh, at Toyota in Kentucky. And that's really where I started my 
my career as an engineer uh, focused on Toyota production systems, lean manufacturing. Um, worked in automotive and then uh, had opportunity to move uh, to another company, uh, machining company. Um, it was based out of, it was a German company. So got some global experience with that and actually got to start uh, one of their first um, lean programs uh, at a, a facility they had in Kentucky. And then I was actually reading IISE. Uh, I got the, uh, the magazine and uh, saw articles about engineers in healthcare. And I said, huh, this is interesting. Uh, I actually grew up in a healthcare family, a uh, family full of doctors and administrators and nurses and, and therapists, but never had the calling to really go into that. It uh, wasn't an interest of mine. But the business of healthcare I became really fascinated with and uh, saw that, hey, uh, I can't believe that industrial engineers are actually working in healthcare. So I'm going to check this out. Um, you know, we were uh, away from home at the point, uh, living in Ohio, and home was in Tennessee. And the timing just worked out that uh, a job had opened up at uh, East Tennessee Children's Hospital uh, to start their first um, lean uh, program. And I made the switch to healthcare back in 2009. Uh, been in uh, various roles since then uh, with my healthcare and industrial engineering. Uh, worked on a vendor side in a while, worked in RFID technology, and then um, wanted to get back into the hospital setting. Uh, really enjoy working in uh, that setting uh, directly with improving patient care and outcomes. And uh, that's when I started my role at uh, Ballot Health uh, as the uh, uh, Associate Vice President of their Project Management Program and, and their Operational Excellence or, or Lean Department. So that's just a high-level overview of my career, uh, where I, I, I got today. But um, you know, throughout my career, it's been an interest in Toyota production systems and lean and uh, how to improve uh, systems. And uh, ultimately, healthcare became my passion. Even with the drawstrings from the pajamas to now, uh, is there a common thread that has kind of stuck with you all along this path? Um, you know, going back to that initial story, that plant manager cared about his people and improving their their work environment and their outcomes. That's more the intrinsic side of what I love about uh, the work that I do in industrial engineering and, and lean manufacturing. Um, at the end of the day, uh, we're working to solve very important problems that improve the lives of people that work within the system, uh, the nurses, the doctors, uh, all the people behind the scenes that support hospitals from uh, environmental services, food and nutrition, making their lives easier so they can ultimately take care uh, of patients, provide that that ideal care they, they deserve. So working with people uh, to make it so they can win at the end of the day is what, what has been a common thread. It's something that really I'm passionate about with this type of type of work. Let's uh, take a turn to lean then, because from what I've known of you over the last few years, lean seems to be somewhat of an obsession, although that may be too strong a word, but you mentioned you were inspired by a professor in college. In recent years, you've launched a lean book club uh, and began holding virtual and in-person sessions uh, that you refer to as lean coffee club. And you, on your website, you define that as an informal networking event uh, for lean professionals to discuss ideas, experiences, issues, and or improvements in lean. So explain the inspiration from your college days and tell me how that inspiration has grown to starting these activities recently. So one thing I love about lean is the more you learn about it, the more deep it goes into understanding what motivates people 
um, the management systems behind it, the coaching behind it. And at a high level, I just, I, I just find the topic fascinating. And the more I learn, the more, or the more I read, the more I, I know that I have to learn about what makes organizations successful and how the people behind it grow and learn continually uh, using these lean management principles. As far as, you know, the passion around lean, um, you know, I, I really have a passion for, for learning and continually improving. On the flip side, I also have a passion for building networks uh, and not in a, a technical, you know, IT way, but bringing people together, learning from each other, um, you know, building relationships and friendships. And um, that's something that Lean Book Club does and, and Lean uh, Coffee Club does. It brings people together that are passionate about similar topics. And sometimes we talk about lean and sometimes we talk about other things. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it's building these networks of like-minded professionals, having people to bounce ideas off of, uh, experiences, uh, sharing what has worked for them, what hasn't worked. And over time, you, you build really strong uh, friendships and, and connections. And uh, lean just happens to be the topic. Uh, but the driver to do that has been this passion that I have about bringing groups of people together and, and networking and building building friendships. Um, you know, I started these originally. They were in person before COVID. Um, uh, we would actually meet at a, a local coffee shop, and uh, we actually had coffee at Lean, uh, Lean Coffee Club. Um, but, you know, what might surprise a lot of people is Lean, Lean Coffee is not about the coffee. It's just uh, the methodology that we use to, to run the meeting and start the discussion. So let's talk a little bit more about how that works. Um, mm-hmm. At a typical Lean Coffee Club gathering, uh, who gets the invitation? Uh, where are these gatherings typically held, if not the coffee shop <laughs> uh, and uh, and how does a general meeting function? How does it all work? Absolutely. You know, I, I really just started out with my, my network and saying, Hey, we're here. And I lived in Knoxville, Tennessee at the time and uh, did similar roles, um, you know, quality roles, lean roles, performance improvement, uh, professors, uh, consultants, students, all types of different people. And I just reached out to them uh, through LinkedIn and, and, uh, uh, personal network and said, Hey, let's just meet up for coffee one day. And, uh, I learned about this, this, this methodology, uh, to run meetings called lean coffee. And I think our very first meeting was at a local coffee shop and, uh, we got together, grabbed our coffee and I went through the process of what I learned about, uh, this, this lean coffee kind of methodology. And it's great because it gives you a structure to the meeting. It allows people to talk about things that are most important to the group. So it's not just Isaac controlling the conversation or David controlling the uh, conversation with their with their agenda. It's an opportunity for all the voices to be heard. And then we talk about what's most important to the group. So the way I run Lean Coffees is, um, uh, and when we met in person, you know, we sit here with these post-it notes and, and pens. And the first thing you do is, uh, is what I call this idea generation. People write down uh, something they want to talk about on a post-it note or a question they might have to the group or a problem they're encountering, and they write those down on the post-it notes. Um, when everybody's done writing down their ideas, we introduce those topics, and then we do uh, what I call a priority vote. And um, you can make up the rules as you go. Uh, everybody has different rules, but I, I, I let everybody have three votes on the topic they want to discuss. So 
uh, you would go around and put a, you know, a sticky dot or a check on that, that uh, post-it note saying, you know, this topic's really important or interesting to me. This, these, this is the one I want to talk about. And I tell people, if you're really passionate about one topic in the group, you can put all three votes on that one topic to get it, get it up there. Uh, so the voting's done. And from there, uh, we start talking about the most popular topic. So the one with the most votes. Uh, we set some kind of time limit. Again, you can make it the rules as you go, but uh, I usually do seven minutes. Uh, we talk about that topic for seven minutes, and then uh, I make the group votes, thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, a thumbs up, we want to talk about this for three more minutes uh, to continue the discussion, or thumbs down, let's move on to the next most popular topic. So it keeps the cadence, the meeting going. Uh, it keeps the discussion relevant, and it makes sure that everybody's, like I said, uh, talking about things that are important to them. And, and what I find is, uh, you know, we get a lot of thumbs up votes on these topics. Uh, so we usually get uh, anywhere from, you know, three to five topics within a, a typical meeting, which usually runs around 60 minutes. So that was happening in my local, you know, Knoxville network. I was actually starting to bring some people from out of town in. It was really exciting. And then COVID hit and the world changed. Um, and uh, I was sitting there in 2020, about six months into to COVID and said, hey, you know, I really miss this, I miss the networking, I miss the connections. Uh, and I said, hey, why don't we try this out online, see what happens. Uh, so I think I posted something on LinkedIn and um, something good happened. Uh, we had more people come and we had people come from all over the country, uh, sometimes all over the world, and just really opened up my network and uh, perspectives from other people. And uh, I've been running these every every two to three months uh, virtually. I haven't had one in person since actually the uh, the IISE conference this, this past year in, in Seattle. Uh, they've all been virtual, and we run them through uh, uh, you know virtual whiteboards like Mural or Jam uh, Jamboard or uh, Miro and things like that. So um, as bad as code has been, you know, there have been some positives. Uh, and one positive of this is uh, it just grew the network and brought a, lot, a whole different group of people in to, to talk about uh, lean and uh, process improvement. You brought up the conference in Seattle and you had a sizable showing for a lean coffee session there. Describe for our audience what the goal of that particular session was and what sort of feedback you got from attendees who may have been introduced to this concept for the first time at that conference. Absolutely. You know, my intent there was I've, I've got, you know, this shiny object that I learned about 10 years ago and I was excited about it and wanted to share it with other people. So the intent of that meeting was really just to teach people how to run their own lean coffee. And the, and the great thing about lean coffee is you can teach it in about five minutes and then somebody can run it on their own. So it's, it's very uh, simple concepts. Uh, there's nothing hard about it. And if you do it in person, it's extremely low cost. I mean, uh, you know, all you need is some post-it notes um, and you can run a lean coffee. If you do it virtually, you don't even need that. You, there's plenty of online systems that can do that. So I, literally for the first five, 10 minutes of the uh, uh, presentation, uh, I taught the group how to run a lean coffee, just like I went through. And then we broke up into three or four groups and uh, we had volunteers that decided they would lead, lead their section. And... Uh, we did three or four lean coffees right there in the moment, and uh, each group was talking about, like I said, things that were important to them. So it was great. Um, you know, I think people enjoyed the, the approach and how they can apply it not only to their networking, but how they can also apply it to, you know, meetings that you go to uh, throughout your day and work and how that can lead to more effective meetings and um, idea generation, things like that. 
whether it was at the conference or any previous lean coffee club sessions you've had, has there been anyone who maybe has brought a, up a topic or question or anything that kind of stumped the group? Uh, you, you usually said it for about an hour, knowing the kinds of conversations that engineers have and many that I've sat through. You can take a topic and an idea and extrapolate on it for a long time. So you've got yeah. this 60-minute block. Has there been anyone who maybe brought something that was like, Oh, everybody wants to stay beyond the 60 minutes or everybody just kind of left a little stumped. What uh, what sort of experiences have you had in that front? Yeah, I mean, we've had topics where nobody had a good answer to it. And you're sitting there in the moment like, man, I don't really have anything to talk about. But at the end of the day, you're like, man, I'm not the only person with this problem that doesn't know how to solve it. So uh, <laughs> that, that can be reassuring as well. Um, you know, I'm, I've always got you know, the next big thing in my mind that I want to do, big steps. And, you know, one of those ideas is, okay, let's take one of those topics that nobody has the answer to and and let's get together and have a, a, a you know, a problem solving session just focused on that, on that one thing. Uh, you know, in the IT world, I think they call those hackathons, but can we do a hackathon with a, a problem around something and bring these different people in from different areas um, that are just interested in it, that want to figure it out and, and do some research and solve that problem. So maybe that's the next event I'll have is my first lean hackathon here uh, <laughs> to solve some of these, these big problems. When it comes to first timers, again, whether it was the conference or any sessions you've had before or since, what are their reactions? Do they come in having an understanding about how it works? Is it kind of a shock in the moment? Uh, what do they take away from it ultimately? I think, you know, um, Sometimes they're unsure, but one of my favorite things about this this methodology is for the people that are unsure or for the people that are on your team or in your groups that don't always feel like they have a voice, uh, this methodology gives them a voice because they're not being put on the spot saying, hey, what's your solution to this? What's your idea? Everybody steps back in their own little realm. They, they have time to process and think about what they want to talk about. Uh, we're not putting on the podium and asking them to present. Uh, and then they put it up there anonymously, pretty much on a post-it note, and it gives them a voice, maybe in an environment where they don't always feel comfortable uh, voicing their opinion. So I'm oftentimes surprised by newcomers that will have topics that are the most popular topics in the meeting. So I think that goes to show some of the power of this methodology that I see with, with Lean Coffee. Is this something you've been able to try within the companies that you have worked for? Is this, say, something where you have multiple, even in healthcare, where you have maybe some of the hospital staff, doctors, nurses, medical professionals uh, able to engage in this conversation as well? Yeah, you know, it, it's a great idea generation tool. Uh, it's a great way to run a meeting and keep it on time. For instance, I might be in a, a you know, a mapping session or a project management call. And we're looking for ideas, you know, around a solution. And we might just have dead silence. You know, nobody knows what's going on. Okay, let's flip over the Lean Coffee format and start, people start writing down their ideas and then posting them on the board. And then that starts to help to, to pick up the discussion. So it's a good tool to have in your back pocket. And uh, I've used it a lot, uh, both professionally and for personal networking with the Lean Coffee Clubs. It sounds like a break this in case of emergency tool. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> one just to have in your back pocket if you need it. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the book club. Now, did the book club come first or was it the coffee club first? Uh, the coffee club came first. Um, so that was, um, I have never actually done a book club in person. This has always been a, a virtual format. Okay. 
but the book club did come out of the pandemic. I'm sure you experienced this probably firsthand at uh, IISE, but for two years there, uh, professional education and those type of events were just just not happening, you know, mm-hmm. uh, be it um, people to have time to do it because they were being pulled in other areas. Maybe it wasn't priority for, you know, company at the time or whatever that reason may be. So uh, I was pretty actively involved with a variety of, you know, continuing educations before the pandemic and would read, read books and things like that, but um, not to the extent I am now with really with Lean Book Club. Uh, so I was looking for that that continuing education piece uh, that was missing when the pandemic happened. I said, hey, I need to get back on my reading. It's, I'm, I haven't kept up on it like I, I, I should be. Uh, I'm going to force this through uh, writing a book club. And uh, I ran really my first book club and it was a hit, kept me going. You know, we have assigned chapters every week and we actually use the lean coffee format in the book club to talk about that chapter and topics, uh, things that interested the group. Uh, that's been going strong since the pandemic started. Uh, we run book clubs that run typically eight weeks. And um, I think I'm up to six or seven book clubs since since the pandemic started. And uh, it's been a, another great way to continue my education, uh, remain relevant with new topics that are constantly you know, happening uh, within industry. And again, another great way to um, network. And uh, it's actually been a great opportunity to meet the author of, the, of, of many of these books. Um, I, I'm always shocked that I'll send a random email to an author and they say, hey, I'd love to join one of your, your meetings. And uh, we're sitting here on this you know, free book club. It's just something I do for fun. It's not a business or anything like that. And meet with random people on the Internet uh, that become good friends. And all of a sudden, this best-selling authors like sure i'll do it I'll come on your, your book club and, and answer your questions so it's, it's oh, surprising uh how open many of the authors are to joining and, and sharing their why behind the book and answering um the book club uh, members questions what are the qualities that you look for in a book for the lean book club list because initially this all made me think of like oprah's book club where there's a seal <laughs> of approval based on certain <laughs> criteria uh i'm sure i'm entirely wrong about it so give me some uh feedback on what it is you look for uh in the books and certainly the uh backgrounds of the authors well i, I do joke with the book club members that i am a little biased and i do have ultimate control over the books but uh <laughs> but hey, in reality, it's, your, it's your book club you know yeah. what are you gonna do yeah <laughs> But in reality, um, I'd say half the book clubs that I've, I've run so far have been uh, recommended books from uh, people that have been on previous book clubs. So mm-hmm. I say, hey, I'm thinking about reading this book. I think it would be a great one for the book club. And, and and we go down that route. The current book club I'm doing right now is around storytelling and the power of storytelling in the business world. You know, I do have a lot of industrial engineers on the calls, and uh, we like to believe that that facts and data will, will cause people to change. And that's just not always the case. You need to have an effective story behind those facts and data to get people to actually be interested in what you're doing and make that change. But that book was recommended by one of the fellow people. So as far as selecting the book, um, first off, like I joked about, it's just something that I want to read and uh, gives me an opportunity to read and and uh, uh, learn from others uh, in that in that area. 
Uh, most of the books aren't super technical. Uh, I save those for a, a non-book club format. There'll be topics about lean. There'll be some that are what I call light lean books, and I'm using air quotes uh, for those um, that obviously can't see me. We had some uh, books around topics like design thinking, books like storytelling. So just a wide variety. So it could be anything. But uh, at the end of the day, they do have some kind of theme that could relate back to the type of work that we do and lean uh, operational excellence process improvement, whatever you want to call it. But they're not always traditional, you know, lean books. They're, they're books that could relate back to it. Based on what you've described as the format for these meetings, whether it's the coffee club or the book club, this sounds pretty universal. Like it could be applied really in almost any industry amongst any group of professionals, um, certainly even people with a little bit of you know mixed experience backgrounds in terms of their professions, in terms of their roles. Would you agree with that or is it maybe more keep the engineers together and everybody else. <laughs> you, know, that's, that, you know, that's something that, um, that I agree a hundred percent with. I think, you know, the, the name of the club itself could probably be limiting the audience that it could apply to. Uh, mm-hmm. the books that we choose, um, are, are not always just, you know, lean They're They're talking about the psychology behind things, um, how to coach people, how to mentor employees, um, how to be a better problem solver, even if it's not within the realm of lean, you know, uh, methodology. So uh, it really could apply, I think, to almost any type of business professional out there, uh, many of the books that we're looking at. Well, and I would think, too, it could apply in a much easier way than the discussions around these similar ideas on social media when it comes to mentorship and leadership. If you stroll through any LinkedIn feed, it it tends to get overwhelmed with a lot of cliches and a lot of, you know, elongated stories that really don't lead to any significant point uh, just to give you know people a chance to pat their own back sometimes. But uh, it sounds like this is an opportunity where people can really learn from each other. And, and again, like you say, expand your network as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, one thing I found about the book club is, um, just the people that attend are great. They don't have an ulterior motive. They're not trying to sell something or like you said, you know, pump up their credentials. And it's truly people coming in with open mind and wanting to learn and, uh, listen to others and bounce ideas. So it's, uh, really a great group that we have uh, built up over time. So if people want to get involved with your book club, with your coffee club, what's the best way for them to do that? Anyone listening today uh, might want to jump in on this. How can they do that? Yeah, so there's lots of ways. Um, you know, find me on LinkedIn. Um, say hello. I post about my book clubs there, my, my coffee, uh, any other big ideas that I have coming up, like uh, maybe I'll do that hackathon or some kind of networking thing. I don't know. Um but uh, probably the easiest way to find um, out about me, uh, I do have a website with all these other websites on it. You can go to my personal website, isaacbmitchell.com. Uh, it's Isaac1S2As, um, and uh, you'll find all the information on there about upcoming lean coffees, upcoming book clubs. Uh, i got a few blog articles, things like that. But it's just my little digital portfolio is what I say, and it has all my, my contact information there. Well, last but not least, I'm not so much a coffee drinker. That surprises a lot of people. I'm more of a caffeine, Coca-Cola kind of guy. I'm from Atlanta. Yeah. That's just the route I go. Uh, what's your coffee of choice at these meetings? Uh, at least when you, whether you have it in person or you have a nice bug uh, on the virtual versions, what do, you, yeah. what do you go with? My favorite type of coffee, 
not really brand uh, or what I order is always Americano. So I like just black coffee and I like the, the way that Americano is made. I wouldn't say I'm much of a coffee snob, but um, I drink what tastes good. And uh, I love going to uh, new coffee shops, local places, and just checking them out and uh, trusting the experts to serve me something good. And if it tastes good, I'll, I'll, I'll continue to drink it. But uh, if, uh, if I was going to walk up to a coffee shop, it's uh, always an Americano black. So. <laughs> well, whatever gets the ideas flowing, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Isaac, we greatly appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Again, uh, if anyone wants to learn more about Lean Book Club, Lean Coffee Club, and other activities that Isaac's working on, uh, IsaacBMitchell.com. Isaac, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, David. You've been listening to Problem Solved, the IISE podcast, a production of the Institute of Industrial and Systems Engineers in Norcross, Georgia. We hope you'll share this and other Problem Solved episodes with your friends and colleagues. Learn more about sponsorship and advertising opportunities, as well as how you can become a member of IISE by visiting podcast.iise.org.